Welcome to You Are Not Broken, the only podcast that combines science, medicine, and psychology to re-educate your brain and help you live your best love life. And I'm your host, board-certified female urologist, Dr. Casperson. Hey friends, I'm back today with the always wonderful to talk to, Dr. Vonda Wright, who's an orthopedic surgeon and a friend and an innovator. And she just, her mission is just to help educate and get women empowered to live their best lives in the perimenopause, in menopause era, which is what all of you guys are. And tonight, or today we're going to talk about sleep, which is Mm -hmm. incredibly important. And I haven't talked about sleep yet on the podcast, so I'm excited to do it because if you're not sleeping, nothing else is usually going well in your life. It just good sleep makes everything else more wonderful. So welcome, Dr. Vonda Wright, and tell us your story and how you got into sleep. What was what's your sleep story? I am so glad to be back with you. I mean, I just told you off air that I wish we lived in the same cul-de-sac. Can you imagine what would happen if we could just like collaborate every single day? But my husband would like be eye rolling. He'd be like, <laughs> can you get in the house yet? And I'd be like, but we have five more projects we have to talk about today because it's Tuesday. That's, that's right. We've got stuff to do, mister. Go do your thing. It's so funny. Well, you know, well, you know what? Thank you for letting me come on and talk about something that has been so important in my life, partly because I've lived a large majority of my life without it. And now that I have figured out midlife sleep, I wonder how I ever survived. Because, you know, like so many, you're a surgeon, but so many people in our professions and so many people in general think that they'll sleep tomorrow. Or I've heard it said, I'll sleep when I die. Or, you know, I'm going to tell you, if you don't sleep, you might die earlier. But The fact is, you know, I was a surgical trainee for about seven years after medical school, right? Four years of medical school, and then a surgeon trains a lot longer, seven years. And during that time, we don't have control of our time. And I'm sure you talk about that on your other projects. But even when you try to have control of it, you just don't. You either have minimal hours, you're totally sleep disrupted, or you may actually get to go to sleep, but then the frigging pager goes off. And... And I don't know about you, but even I have been out of my fellowship 25 years and I hear a beeper or I I still go into cortisol. I'm like, fight or flight. Like, where's the helicopter? Are they bringing in somebody that's crashed or, you know, the call thing? Yeah. And then after- My left hip would like vibrate for a couple (laughs) of years after I got got rid of my my pager. The anesthesiologists in my hospital still have pagers and I'm like, that thing's triggering me. That's right. Turn it off in the OR because then I can't focus, right? And then when I was 40, I had my, uh, uh, my daughter who's now 14, and I was the mother who was going to squeeze every drop of babyhood out, so I let her sleep in my room. So for two years, I didn't sleep anymore until finally, literally, I said, "Hun, I've got to go to sleep. Mama's dead after nine years. But it, this brain fog we get from not sleeping, the the metabolic problems we get that come back in midlife and perimenopause when our sleep is disrupted for other reasons. And so now that I have approached sleep, not as a time when how do I get knocked out, but how do I optimize the environment for sleep, I have figured this out. I mean, I sleep really, really well, uh, unless someone else in my house wakes me up. But, and I just wanted to talk about that today because there is no 
place in our lives where we can perform optimally, whether it's at work, whether it's with our friends, whether it's in bed, people want to know how to not be broken, um, without sleep. It's just fundamental. And I think the first thing that people need to understand is that even though it seems like we're knocked out when we go to sleep, we're actually not. We might not be conscious of it, but sleep is an incredibly metabolically active time. Our brains are sorting memories. Our cells are spitting out toxins. Our muscles are healing from the workout we did the night before. You know, we're actually regenerating overnight. So you may think you're knocked out, but sleep is not the absence of, of uh, work for your body. It's actually refilling the cup so that whenever you do wake up in the morning, you have a full cup to start with. And there's a difference between good whole sleep and then popping a Benadryl or whatever sleep knocker out or you take. Uh, I used to take Dramamine sometimes just because I thought if I could just close my eyes and not be conscious, that would be enough. But even that's disruptive sleep. I mean, you're a surgeon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I see so many women, especially older women. So I'd say like, you know, 70s plus, and they all are taking a prescription Mm -hmm. to sleep. They all have trouble sleeping. Can you talk Mm -hmm. about the quality of sleep in using a drug or like Mm -hmm. why we should try to figure this out in a non-pharmaceutical sort of way? Because if you just go to the doctor and say, I have trouble sleeping, they're going to give you a prescription instead of trying to figure it out. Can you speak to that? I can, because you know what, that's the easiest way. In a, in a seven and a half minute doctor's visit, when you've got a lot of other medical problems to address, the easiest way is to say, well, pop this little white pill and uh, you won't know whether you're sleeping or not. You'll be unconscious. But that sleep, uh, because it changes your brain chemistry, is not the same as addressing the microenvironment of sleep. So when I think about sleep, I th- think about it in three categories, which if I'm honest with you, I really, I've been a sponge about this. And I learned this framework from a friend of mine named Sanjeev Javia, who has a company that does nutraceuticals called Pros. And we were talking about sleep and how it's not just one thing. And so sleep is, optimal sleep comes when you have minimized inflammation in your body. I'll tell the three things in it, then if if we want to go back and I really break them down. We've minimized inflammation in our body. We have given ourselves time to switch from sympathetic nervous system, which is fight or flight all day long. Oh my God, we're going, going, going. Cortisol's out the roof. And think how fast just like I sped up there, think how fast we go to fight or flight. Well, the parasympathetic nervous system that slows us down and enables us to rest takes a long ramp down. It's not the same. So how do we de-inflame? How do we give ourselves time to um, slow down? And then our body takes instructions from in the form of hormones. And so for those listening, the, the debate and the suggestions surrounding figure out whether hormone replacement is right for you is real when it comes to sleep. And so those are the three ways I approach sleep. I don't approach it as take the little pill and you're going to pass out, squirt some melatonin in. Melatonin is only one thing in the microenvironment. We also need to create a room that's conducive. So there's so many ways that take a little bit more time. It's not just a shortcut. Here's your pill. 
but it's better sleep. Better sleep. And I think, you know, for, for our listeners, that so important, that sympathetic to parasympathetic switch works for sleep also works for sex. It's the exact same thing. Like you're go, go, going, you're frontal lobing, you're planning about the future, you're on social media, which is like click, 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 click. Mm -hmm. You actually have to, you know, quote unquote, switch off or turn around to the parasympathetic, which is the relaxed, digest. That's mm -hmm. where the orgasm, the being in the moment, the present. Another reason why I think sex is so good for sleep studies after studies have shown this it's you're already in the parasympathetic you're relaxed you get a lot of neurotransmitters from orgasm that are sleep inducing so it's really going from that sympathetic on 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 to that parasympathetic and it parallels what's good for sex and happy sex as well oh that's another huge advantage to creating an environment that's conducive instead of just trying to do a quick fix method right to the sleep so when I think about how do I create an environment for optimal sleep and what does inflammation have to do with it? Well, we spend our lifestyle comforting ourselves, right? We, we, we live a cortisol full life. We are, you know, stress isn't going away. So we either get good at handling it or we pick up all kinds of coping mechanisms or strategies. I mean, you teach strategies all the time in your coaching business, but one of the things we do to soothe ourselves is we fill ourselves with sugar. Like I'm so stressed out. I'm going to drink some wine, which I know you have been teaching people not to do that. And I have, I've totally cut out wine in my life because it disrupts my sleep, honestly. And I, I need my brain cells at this point. I'm getting older. I actually need those. And then also, we might do something like, I not only need a glass of wine, but I need that chocolate ice cream one hour before I go to bed. And so it just jacks up the inflammation in your body. And instead of giving your body a calm healing state, inflammation is noxious to our body, to our brains, to our hearts, to our muscles, to our joints, um, and to our metabolism. So if we can decrease that by finding other more structured coping mechanisms for the stress that isn't going away. We just need to do stress better. I think, I think people trying to eliminate stress, it's just false hope, right? right. We just need to do it better. You need to do it better. That's where I think the mindfulness and the coaching, it's all so important. Can you talk about the role of getting off screens before bedtime and how that, how that helps in, in mastering good sleep? Yeah, so you know what? Uh, I get that uh, most of our children are digital natives. Some of us are digital natives. I had my first cell phone when I was 38. However, we are all stimulated by the click, click. I mean, it, it stimulates our brain. It becomes a positive feedback loop, right? So it's hard to get off. But what it does is it keeps engaging our frontal lobe in a time when we need to engage our parasympathetic system. Not only that, and I am not an expert on blue light, but the blue light emitted from our devices actually continues to stimulate our brain. And some sleep experts like Michael Bruce will tell you it takes a full two hours for our brain to detox off of blue light. So we either need to wear blue light glasses or why don't we just put our why don't we just put our digital devices down? I mean honestly, no one's going to die if we put it down. We're not going to miss that much because you can review it all. 
you know, you're not going to miss that much. And I'm preaching to my own choir here because I'm on digital a lot. But, you know, Kelly, you do a lot of fascinating stuff, but I can catch it tomorrow morning. I don't know. I don't need to know exactly what you're doing right before I go to bed at 11 o'clock at night, right? So because all it does is it just keeps our brain alive. And then, um, and then you just lay there staring at the ceiling. You engage with your stressful thoughts. You do not let the 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 rest and parasympathetic take over because if you're like me, you start making lists. You might have to pull the sheet of paper off the side of the bed and start writing things down. Totally counterproductive. Yeah, I get that. Like I'll I'll be on social media late and I'll get inspired, right? Like I'll get inspired for the podcast ideas or whatever. Like my creative brain is going, which is not good for sleeping. <laughs> And I hear a lot of people are like, one more Netflix, one more thing. Like the shows will keep you going versus right. like if you are reading a paper book, people are like, man, I can't get through that book. I keep falling asleep. And it's like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Like you're calming it down till you sleep. Like yeah. much, a much kind of healthier or wise decision rather than like responding to everybody on Facebook at 10 p.m. Unnecessary, my friends. They'll be there in the morning. They'll be there in the morning. If they're they true will. friends, they'll be there in the morning. I love it. Nothing's that important. Nothing's it more isn't. important than sleep at that point, right? It isn't. And the other thing that I want women to figure out, and I'm not, you know what, I am not an endocrinologist. I am not a urologist, but the way I approach hormone replacement therapy, because our body takes chemical signals from the hormones, the way I approach it for the women that listen to me is, um, you need to take some time to understand the issues surrounding hormone replacement therapy, figure out if it is for you. Now, I personally believe that it is for most people and there are a variety of ways to get it. And if you want to read a great book, um, I think I talked to you about this before. The reason I became educated about this is through a book called Estrogen Matters. And there are lots of great books, right? But Estrogen Matters puts together all the data trying to dispel the myths that came out of the women's health uh, um, study. Uh, it's by Avram Blooming and Carol Tavares, and they just boil it down, you know? And I'm ashamed to tell you, I went to medical school just like everybody else, but we are not taught this in medical school. We are not taught, that. We are not taught about menopause. And guess who it happens to? A hundred percent of people, if you live long enough, if you have an X and an X chromosome. Everybody. I mean, do you know, Kelly, you're going to, I'm, I'm going to tell another story here. I did not realize that, you know, I had a child at 40 and then I didn't realize that. And my whole life, I was just an athlete and I, nothing was ever regular. And all of a sudden at 45, I'm like, holy cow, my body's being regular. I'm having heavy periods and some other G gyne stuff that seems like all my girlfriend's experiences, it was perimenopause and I didn't even know it. And I'm a surgeon. So I just, and I just encourage everybody listening. I don't care where you are in life or what kind of your education is or what you do and don't know. You owe it to yourself to figure this out because every morning at 2.37 before I figured out how to manage my perimenopause and menopause, I would be up with a bed drenching hot splash. Talk about ruining your brain for the next morning. Talk about not being able to function or be productive in my high caliber, and by caliber, I mean stress, taking other care of other people job, where I actually need to be on top of it all the time, right? Um, impossible if you don't sleep at 
I think a lot of people, they they don't realize how tired they are either. And I see this dramatically in my male patients, right? Because we'll we'll do a surgery to help them urinate less at night, right? And they come back post-op and they're like, I had no idea how tired I was until I started sleeping. And so now that's what I tell people of like, if you're not sleeping well, you have no idea how tired you are. Well, I can vouch for that. Now that I have figured out the midlife sleep thing um, and I get enough sleep most nights out of the month, I, I can completely tell the difference in my brain function. I mean, I feel very youthful in my brain now. When I don't sleep, I used to say things like, I used to be really smart. Give me a minute. I can't think of that word. I used to be very smart. Making an excuse for my brain fog or... I would forget nouns. I could tell you what I wanted, but I couldn't remember the noun. And that was because I wasn't sleeping for so many years. So I just want people to be more aware of it and take it seriously and not just pass it off as I'll sleep when I die. There's too yeah, much like it's a badge there. of honor. I mean, there's data showing that people who sleep well have longer life expectancies, right? Like there, if, there, if sex isn't enough for you, Living longer <laughs> might be. Right. If thinking clearly, better sex and living longer. <laughs> doesn't push you into but thinking getting your sleep straight. So tell us what we have going on next week with you and sleep. Well, I'm so excited that you let me come on and talk about it because I've paired with five other experts, including Michael Bruce, the sleep doctor, um, and a lot of other experts every night next week from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., we're doing the back to sleep challenge where we're just trying to educate you on things like, why do you sleep? What time of day do you need to sleep? Because it's genetically predetermined whether you're a day person or a night person. My most um, productive time of the day is 4 a.m. to 9 a.m. I can build a house after that, but if you really want critical thinking out of me, book an appointment in the morning. I mean, we're also gonna talk about uh, things like, what kind of mindset do we need to uh, invest in ourselves so that we're at the highest performing we can. What, what is the role of mindfulness? In fact, every single night, there's another great expert trying to unwind the black box of sleep because re remember, you don't really remember what's going on. And then on Friday night from eight to nine, I'm tying it all together. You know, I'm putting a bow on it, helping people to understand how to incorporate it. And it's, it's, it's really simple and it's really free. It's, it's completely, not really free, it's completely free. It's called the backtosleepchallenge.com. And you just go, you register, you listen every night, one hour for five nights. And I think it's an education worth getting. Why not? I mean, that's probably way more education than most people got about sleep, right? It's kind of like being, you know, so many, we never get taught like what's normal in so much of our body and sleep's one of them. So can you tell us again, um, how do people sign up and the time, is that East Coast time? Uh, eight to nine o'clock East Coast time. You go to backtosleepchallenge.com. That's it, just the words, backtosleepchallenge.com. And you'll see the entire lineup. You'll see what subjects are going to be covered and you can register for free. And then you're going to be invited to uh, be part of the Facebook page where you can interact and ask questions. And I just think it's going to be a fun series. I love it. All right, yeah. team, you heard it here first. Remember your nouns, live longer, have better sex by getting better sleep. Thank you, Dr. Wright, for joining us. Thank you so much.